Well, hey, everybody, welcome. Thank you for choosing to spend your weekend with us, whether you're here in Waukesha, Pewaukee, or watching online. My name is Garrett. I'm the high school and college pastor here at River Glen, and it is student takeover. Obviously, as you could tell, we got students in the lobby, the cafe, across both campuses, leading worship, and even coming out here in a bit to help with the message. So can we give it up? Can we hear it for our students? Come on. Really representing. So much fun. So cool. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love that. We just came off of an awesome week uh, called CIY. It's our summer camp, and unfortunately, we couldn't go this year, so we brought it here. And we had over 100 people in here worshiping, encountering Jesus, and we had over 30 students make big life decisions. Some of those were first-time decisions, giving their lives to Jesus. So can we hear it for those students? Come on. Amazing. It was an amazing week. We had so much fun. It was absolutely crazy. I want to, I got to tell you a quick story though. There's this girl in our ministry. Her name's Leah. She's here this weekend. Shout out to Leah. But I met Leah when she was going to be a freshman in high school and now she's going to be a junior in high school. And it's been so fun to watch her grow in her faith and as a leader in our Unite community over the past couple years. But Leah is known for, at CIY specifically, when it comes to worship, just letting it go, just crying. I mean, just getting it, right? And I look forward to it every year because the makeup is everywhere. It's my favorite thing ever. And so I, I, every, after I run up to Leah, and I'm like, Leah, let's see it, right? And it's mascara all over. So this year, after the big night on Wednesday, right, when I was like, yes, Jesus, beautiful moment. But I'm like, where's Leah? I got to find her. So I find her after service, and she's sitting outside, and she's like, she's like, dude, look, and there's nothing. And one of the girls is like, oh, that was the Holy Spirit, like, keeping her makeup intact. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, did worship not go hard enough? Was the message not deep enough? Like, what did we do wrong? We got to get this girl crying, right? Because the motto is, when the Holy Spirit starts moving, the mascara starts running, right? That's, that's the motto. When it, yeah, come on. So I was kind of bummed. But other than that, it was a very great week. We had an awesome time at CIY. But I'm very excited for this weekend. Student Takeover, we're taking the series that we've been talking about. It's a mad, 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 mad world. And we're flipping it on its head. Right, if, you, if you've missed any of these weeks, you can watch the messages online. Go check them out. We've talked about what we get angry about, what causes division, right? Mad at you, mad at us, mad at them. But this week, we're going to flip it. And I don't want to talk about what we get mad at. I want to talk about what we get mad about, right? Because those are two different things. Mad at is what causes division. What do we get angry with? Mad about is what am I hyped up about? What do I love? What do I just get stoked about? What am I passionate about? And I want us to be mad about the kingdom. I want us to be mad about the kingdom because I believe this can be the solution to the problem of what we get mad at. How can we be mad about the kingdom? And we're going to unpack that by looking at a phrase that CIY focuses on at our youth camp and that we kind of encourage in our student ministry, and that's being a kingdom worker. What does it mean to be a kingdom worker? And so to unpack this, I want to rewind over a thousand years ago to the people of Israel. They're begging God for a king. And they're saying, God, we want a king. We want a leader. We want to look like every other nation. And God's saying, no, I chose you to be a set apart people, to be a holy nation. I don't want you to look like everybody else. But God finally gives in. And he's like, fine, I'll give you a king. Right? This wasn't his original plan, but they want to be like everybody else. So they give them a king. And once Israel gets a king, this begins a downward spiral, wicked king after wicked king, until eventually the nation splits in two. There's basically a civil war. And even later, they get overtaken by greater empires. And now the nation of Israel is in slavery and in exile. And they're sitting there looking back at what happened. 
And then these prophets, these pastors show up and they start preaching a, a message of hope about the coming king, that there's gonna be a greater king, that there's gonna be a king who's gonna walk among us and he's gonna restore everything, that he's gonna bring it back to the original intent. And, and they're anxiously waiting for this king. And, and the Old Testament ends in Nehemiah, the people waiting, and 400 years go by and we pick up in Matthew the stories of the gospel of Jesus, right? And Jesus says, Jesus shows up and it's this whole new king. It's this king that nobody expected, right? It's a king that they didn't expect. It's this, it's this low-class carpenter born of a virgin hippie guy talking about love your neighbor, right? Like, this ain't a king. Really? This guy? This is who we get? We've waited 400 years. And he flips this idea of kingdom on its head. Check this out. He says this in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. He's flipping everything we know about being a king and, and giving us a whole new look, giving us a whole new idea because his kingdom is not about power and pride. His kingdom is about selflessness, sacrifice, and serving. The kingdom of God looks drastically different than what we expected. So the question that we now must ask ourselves is, okay, what do we do? Right, what now, right? Because, because Jesus was here and it was great and he came and he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, offering us eternal life, right? Conquering death, conquering sin forever, and then he left. And if, and if we call ourselves Christians, if, if we, we're believers, then we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, right? But, but we're in this in-between, and as a professor in college put it, we live in the already but not yet kingdom. My professor put it this way, and, and, and there's this amazing chart. We live in the already but not yet, right? This is the Israelites. There's the reign of sin. There's exile. Jesus shows up, and it's great. It's awesome. He's healing people. He dies, resurrects, right? And we're waiting kind of for this full return, for him to bring everything back to normal, for him to restore the original intent of his kingdom, for him to rule and reign, right? He's always on his throne, but he hasn't currently restored everything. And we get what I call kingdom moments, right? We have glimpses of the kingdom of God. Maybe when, when, when you're in worship like this and you're just all out worshiping God, singing, you have a kingdom moment. Maybe when, when you're in small groups and, and you're in your life groups and you're just growing with people, you have a kingdom moment. Maybe it's just sitting around the fire with friends. Maybe, maybe it's enjoying God's creation. Maybe it's at a concert. Maybe it's eating a bomb fish taco, right? Whatever it is, you have this moment when you're like, man, I feel the presence of God right now. And you get this kingdom moment for, for a glimpse, right? And then it's gone. And then we have the sad reality that there's a not yet that there's still brokenness in this world, that there's still sin in this world, that there's still shame, there's still fear, there's still sickness, there's still death, right? There's still terrible things that happen in our world, right? There's still TikTok that you can download as an app. And I mean, it, it, like, I'm just kidding, I love TikTok. I'm unashamed of that. But right, like we have these things in our world that it, it hasn't been restored yet. And so what are we to do in between in this not yet, but already? right? This is where we come in. This is where we as people, as, as kingdom workers, come in to fill this gap, waiting for the return. And kingdom language, it's, it, it's funny, we kind of look at Israel and we're like, oh, kings, oh, cool, all right, what's that look like? But kingdom language was in the Bible long before Israel came up with it. Like, God had that in his mind, 
long before Israel asked. Check this out. In Genesis, it says this, Genesis 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, and God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I want to unpack a couple phrases here. The first one is selam Elohim. Selem Elohim, that's Hebrew for image of God. Elohim, God. Selem can be translated to mean a phantom. That's cool, right? I'm a phantom of God. I like that one. A resemblance, a representative figure or an idol or an image. And, and, and the author of Genesis is doing a really cool thing. He's actually alluding to ancient temple building as he writes down the creation narrative. Because in ancient temple building, when they would build temples to their false gods, they, right, the water god, the sun god, whatever it was, they'd build these temples, and the last act of dedicating this temple to that god would be to build a statue, a, a stone monument, if you will, or, or a plaque that would go in the center of this temple, so that when you walked into the temple, you knew, all right, this is the god we are to worship. And the author of Genesis puts the creation narrative in the same way, except God's temple is everything. God's temple is all of creation that he spoke into existence. It's light, it's darkness, it's stars, it's water, it's ocean, it's land, it's animals, it's living human beings. That's his temple. His temple cannot be, cannot be uh, there's no boundaries, right? There's no walls. It's not a stone place that you walk into. It's everything that he spoke into existence. That's his temple. But the idol that God uses instead of a lifeless statue pointing to a lifeless God is living, breathing human that he breathed life into. It's you and it's me. And that's the image, that's the, the, the idol that God chose to put in his temple so that when people encounter, they know what God to worship, right? When they, when they come to know us as, as kingdom workers, as, as, as believers, right? they go, wow, this is the God we are to worship based on how this person is living, how this person is talking, how this person is walking. God wants to use us as his images. And then he gives us a command, Right, he says, be fruitful and multiply, and then he says, have dominion. Rada is the word. Rada, have dominion, it means to take care of or care for, or to rule and reign. And ruling and reigning is all similar language that can be found when referring to kingdoms. So from the very beginning of time, the fabric of our DNA, God has been saying, I made you to be miniature kings and queens that live in a way that point people back to me, the king, the creator, God. And I want to use you as kingdom workers on mission in my temple, in my creation, to point people to the not yet, right? The promise that he will return. And this means that God has placed us where we are on purpose and for a purpose, whatever it is that you do. Everything you do, the way you walk, talk, drive on the freeway, order coffee, right, that is kingdom work. That's us pointing people to God. We exist to point God to people and people back to God. And that's our job in the in-between, in the already but not yet. It's to encourage people with the hope that one day the king will return. And one day there will be no more brokenness. There will be no more fear. There will be no more anxiety. There will be no more loneliness. There will be no more living paycheck to paycheck or sickness or death or inequality. There will be no more evil. Revelation puts it this way. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain. For the former things have passed. And he who is seated on the throne, the king, said, behold, 
old. I'm making all things new. Come on, he's making everything new. And then he says this, write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. And this is a promise. And we know that every promise from God does not return null and void, but it ends in yes and amen. And he's saying, this is something we can cling to, but I need you to encourage people with that hope. I want to use you. Come on, I'm going to make all things new. I want to make you new, and then I want to use you to help others. I want you to be my kingdom workers. I want you to be kings and queens. You are an heir to the throne. You are a child of God. And he's saying, I made you on purpose for a purpose. I've placed you where you are on mission so you can point me to others and others back to me so that we can cling to this hope in the already but not yet that one day he will make all things new. And that's our job as kingdom workers. And that's in whatever you do. Whether you're a retired grandparent, whether you're a student, whether you just clock in nine to five every day, you sit at a cubicle, whatever it is, whether, whether you work on cars, whether you build tables, whether you make coffee, whether you just, whatever, right? Whether you just, I don't know, build things, talk to people, talk on the phone, answer calls, text people, whatever you do is kingdom work. That's our kingdom work, and that's where God wants to start. So we got to ask ourselves a few questions. I have four questions that I think will help us to start, to step into becoming a kingdom worker. Number one, am I a Christian? Am I a Christian? Do I believe that Jesus, the son of the living God, came on earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross, rose three days later, conquering death, offering me eternal life and salvation? Do I believe that? Have I received the Holy Spirit? Okay, if so, move on to number two. If not, let me encourage you. He loves you anyway. You're still doing kingdom work. He knows every hair on your head. He has a plan for you. He cares about you. He made you on purpose and for a purpose. You're his child, and we're glad you're here. Number two, what are my gifts? What am I good at? What am I successful at? What can I build? What can I make? How do, how do, how do I speak? How can I make people happy? How can I, how can I make people laugh, right? What, what can I do that's good? What are my gifts? Number three, where have I been placed? Where has God placed me right now? Is it in an office? Is it with a, a friend group? Is it in my family? Is it, is it being a stay-at-home parent? Is it being a student on campus or in this sports team? Whatever it is, where have I been placed? Because changing the world starts with changing your world, and it begins right now. It begins wherever you are. You don't need a platform. You don't need a stage. You don't need your own TV show. You don't need a million followers on Instagram. All you need is say, hey, God, who can I affect right now? I got three friends. Who can I affect? Hey, God, I got this, this community of people. Who can I change? How can I lead? God, I'm, I, I go to this church. What can I do? Where has God placed you? And the fourth question is, what am I passionate about? What, what hypes me up? What, what breaks your heart? Or what are you mad about? What are you passionate about? What do you get stoked for? Stoked is like excited, cool, if you're not, right? Student takeover, I'm trying to use that lingo. So, right, what do you get stoked for? What are you hyped up about? What are you passionate about? And you, give, you answer these four questions and you give it to God and say, hey, God, I, I don't know. <laughs> I tried to answer them the best I could. Here you go. Here's the rest. And you give it to God. And that's where it begins. That's where kingdom work begins. Because here's the thing. God's not looking for qualified people. He's not looking for a specific type of person who's good or bad, who's got the perfect list and the great resume. God's looking for someone who says, hey, I'm available. God, I got some, I got some time on my hands. What can I do? God, what, what do you want from me? You can't age into or age out of being a kingdom worker. It's in the fabric of who you are. When he breathed life into you, he made you to be a kingdom worker. So you already are one. 
So it starts here, right? We sang this song at CIY. It's called Available. And the lyrics go, uh, here I am, Lord. You can have it all. I am available. And that's what God's looking for. I'm reminded of of Genesis 12 when God calls Abraham and he says, hey, Abe, I want to use you to start this great nation of Israel. And Abe's an old dude, right? He's never had a kid. He's like, I don't even know if we can have kids, bro. And God's like, God's like, I still want to use you. And Abraham's like, okay, here I am. He doesn't give him a list of, of, of why he's not qualified. He just says, here I am. And that's what God wants to do with us. He's, he, he's not looking for qualified. He's just looking for available. And when we can get into a posture of availability is when God will begin to do great things and great kingdom work in and through you. He wants to use you. And it starts with us just giving it to him. Saying, God, I want to be a part of this mission of making all things new of bringing glory to this king. God, I want to be a miniature king and queen on mission for you, pointing people back to you. God, will you use me? I'm available. I don't know what I'm even good at. I don't really know where to start, but God, I'm yours. Will you use me? And he will. He will. So in a moment, we're going to invite some some students out, and they're going to share with you what kingdom work means to them and what they're doing in their lives as kingdom work, and it's going to be insanely encouraging, (laughs) and I believe it's going to bless you, and I'm really excited for that. But before that, I want you guys to check out this amazing recap video from our time at CIY that we had this last week, and then we'll get these students out here. So check this out. Oh my gosh, yeah, you can clap. That was such a blast. 
A little context for you guys uh, is every time, the students who were walking through those little doorways with the light going off, that was every student who was making a decision for Jesus. And that light represented them walking out of darkness and into life with Jesus. And a light beamed through this auditorium every time that happened. So clap it up for that, because that was, that was crazy. That was so much, oh, it was amazing. So we've got some students out here, and we're really excited for you to hear from them. But first, I just want to let them introduce themselves. So let's start right here. Okay, hi. I'm Catherine, and I'm going to be a junior in high school. I'm Caden Enters. I'm going to be a senior in high school. I'm Tori Cole. I'm going to be a junior in college. I also volunteer with Edge and Unite Ministries and was a part of the ministries growing up. I'm Jake Reel, and I'm going to be in eighth grade. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, so the first question that we have for them, and if, if y'all like what they're saying, come on, clap. Show them some love. Okay, they got some good stuff to say. They got great things to say. So the first question that we want to ask them is what does kingdom work mean to you? What, just as simple as it is, what does it mean to you? Caden, do you want to start? So to me, being a kingdom worker means to die to yourself and be an enemy of this world. It's waiting and living for the constant return of Christ. Because when you start to do that, you start to share the gospel differently. You start to ask your neighbor. You start to ask your friends. You start to live like your actions matter. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Tori, what about you? Yeah, so I think being a kingdom worker means a lot of things, and it's different to everyone. But for me, it means love, um, like love in everything that you do, um, everything that you do being motivated by love, um, loving the earth, loving your neighbor, loving every single person that you come across. That's good. Mm -hmm. Jake, what about you? A kingdom worker to me means to spread the word of God and to help others if they have a problem and help spread the word of God. Mm -hmm. Love that. Catherine? Um, for me, being a kingdom worker means using God's grace on yourself mm -hmm. and on others and being a light to show them the path that God has created for each and every one of us. So good. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 yeah, so as you guys kind of found out what kingdom work was, what, what have you done to put it into your lives? Catherine, why don't you start for us? What's kingdom work look like for you? Um, I... Uh, I'm being a kingdom worker by um, trying to help as many people as I can who have similar issues as I do. Um, my brain is pretty much just a consistent battle of my anxiety and depression trying to take hold of my life. And um, the biggest reason for that is, is I want control over everything, which is a bit of an issue because I don't have control over everything. And um, anxiety is wanting control. It's um, wanting to control everything Every single little thing and then when you realize you can't do that it's stressing about everything that you can't control in the yeah. future um, I just got out of a major depressive episode and um, the reason the main reason why I was in that was because I built my foundation on the wrong things and then it collapsed I built my foundation on people instead of God, which is really, really silly of me because, um, you know, God is always stable and he's always going to be there for me. And people, we are built to fail. We are built to make mistakes and learn from them. And we're built to fail because that's how God made us because he wants us to learn and he wants us to grow from our experiences. But, um, you know, people aren't really the best thing to build your foundation on because um, I've been doing it my whole life and it's been coming and hurting me every single time I've done it. Um, so I have just, um, so I built my foundation on Jesus instead of people. Yeah. And um, now I am trying to help people who are hurting and um, try to guide them in the way of Christ so they can get help the way I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome. Caden, what's kingdom work look like for you? 
So for me, kingdom work is probably best summed up in John 12, 25 through 26. The person who loves life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me and you will go where I am going. And to me, I take that as stepping outside of your comfort zone. That's asking people if they know who God is. That's seeing people if they know who Jesus is. That's not only getting in communion with people that need Jesus more than you do, but also getting in communion with people that love Jesus more than you do. And not only is it being vocal about your faith, but it's also, it's also, um, excuse me, it's also um, being just like representative about your faith, showing that the light of God shines through you and that the light of God lives through you. So you don't always have to say that you're a Christian, but people can see that Christ lives through you. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Jake, what's kingdom work look like for you? Currently, I'm praying before bed and after my games, and I help people if they need the help and listening to people if they need someone to talk to. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, Tori, last but not least. Yeah, Yeah, so two things that I'm really passionate about right now um, is the environment and social justice issues. Um, So what I do is, like, every day I just think about what I'm consuming, like, how it affects the earth, um, all of that. I think of earth as an amazing gift from God, and you wouldn't, like, take a Christmas present that you get and throw it away or treat it poorly. You protect it, you're grateful for it, and you care about it. Um, I'm also passionate about, like, striving for equality in our country and in our world, because John 15, 12 says, to love one another as I have loved you. And I think that's really easy really easy if you're talking about people who look like you, who love like you, and who believe like you, but we're called to love our black neighbor, our Muslim neighbor, our immigrant neighbor, our atheist neighbor, and so on. We we don't get to judge who we get to love because God has already decided and he's chosen every single person. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Come on. Yeah, so I think it's super encouraging to see how there's a, a couple different examples just yeah. right here of how we can be kingdom workers. And for each and every one of us, it looks different on how we go and serve the kingdom. Um, and so I want to take a second. Do you guys have one piece of advice for them on how they can be kingdom workers in their life? Tori, why don't you start? Sure. So uh, first of all, I think looking at every day and everything you have is a gift. It'll uh, just create a new perspective that causes you to be more grateful and really protect what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, As far as practical steps, I think you don't have to go all in all at once because you will get frustrated and you will burn out because nobody can go from living their normal life to switching to be like sustainable and eco-friendly. I'm not 100% sustainable living, like I'm not perfect in my actions for social justice, but I start one thing at a time. So what I do, like when I run out of something in my daily routine, um, I'll like go like research, see what I can find to do something that causes less plastic waste, that's maybe like refillable or natural, something that's gonna um, take better care of our environment. Um, Another piece of advice I have is for parents. Think about the language that you use and the way that you talk about people that are different than you because your kids will listen and they will learn from that and they will start acting in the ways that they see you act and their friends will see that and every, that's, that's the new generation is looking at what you're saying and how you're reacting to people that are different than you. Um, and I think that like, while petitions and social media are like really important, that's something that you know, we're dealing with a lot right now in our society, it all starts in the heart. Um, and God has gifted us all with the ability to love entirely with our entire heart. Like, that is one of the greatest gifts that we have. Um, but you have to accept him in in order to, like, have that space in your heart to love. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. 
Yeah, Caden. Caden, what's your advice? Just show your Christianity on your skin. If you don't make it known that you're a Christian, there's almost no point in being one. Just show love and kindness and seek after God, because when you start to do that, he'll seek after you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Jake, what do you think? You just need to try to spread the word of God and embrace the love and light he is giving you and share that with people that don't really see that light. And you need to speak your mind. Don't yeah. be afraid to share your religion or how you're being a kingdom worker. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Catherine. Um, my advice to new kingdom workers is to spread spread God's grace and use it as a light to show others Christianity in the best way you know possible. Uh, as Garrett was just saying, we all have a gift that God has given us to spread his gospel and to spread his message. I used to not think I had a gift for the longest time, but um, I didn't know that being a happy, smiley kid and using my kind words and being a good person to spread the light of Jesus um, was considered being a kingdom worker and was considered spreading God's gospel. Um, but, however, as important as it is to use God's grace on others, it might even be more important to use it on yourself first. Uh, when I was at my worst back in March, I was talking to my leader, Mary, and she told me something that really has stuck with me and I think describes best what I'm trying to explain. You can't pour from an empty cup. My friends, they would come to me and ask me for advice about mental health and about spirituality, and I, I couldn't give them anything because I didn't have it inside of me to give. I, I couldn't help them because I was so worried about myself. There was the space in my heart where Jesus was supposed to be was not available because it was filled by, with my anxiety and my depression and all of my mental health issues, and it got to the point where I just had to surrender everything inside of me and give it to God, and then I was flooded with the Holy Spirit and that's when he pointed me and told me this is what you were supposed to do this is where you're supposed to go awesome so good I'm so encouraged by them um, and, and that's all it is it's just saying hey God here's what I got will you use me and and so we want to challenge you to be a kingdom worker too and you know the students at CIY every student at CIY got a kingdom worker card and what these are are challenges. They're practical challenges of one thing that you can start right now implementing into your life. And we have, we have five different ones that if you're at Waukesha or Pewaukee, you can grab them at the connect wall. Um, if you're watching online, you can just click the link that's provided by your host and it'll pop up one of those five Kingdom Worker cards. Uh, so I want to challenge you. Go grab one. Caden uh, brought his with him. Caden, do you want to share what Kingdom Worker card you got? So mine is called Hey Neighbor. It says make a list of 10 neighbors, people, or family and figure out for the next 10 weeks ways to encourage them or bless them. Write a note, bake cookies, invite them to church or youth group. Also spend time during the week praying for them. That's good. So that's just one of the five cards that you can grab and we really want to challenge you. Go get one. Just grab one. But we do have a rule, all right? In our ministry, we have one rule is that if you grab a card... You, you have, have to, to do, do it. it. You have to do it. So don't be like, oh, I'll see what it is. Whatever one I get, maybe I'll do it. Like, go out there and just say, hey, God, which one do you want me to grab? And grab it and random and just trust him, right? And that's where kingdom work begins is just by making ourselves available and saying, God, here's, here's what I'm passionate about. Now, how do you want to use me? And so we're going we're gonna to go into a time of communion um, that we do every single weekend. And it's this moment where we get to remember the sacrifice of God, of how he sent his son to die for each and every one of us. And we take time to remember this great undeserving love that he has for 
each and every one of us. And so if you're joining us online, you can go grab uh, whatever you have available to take communion with us, LaCroix or Cheez-Its. I think the students would be cool with that. Uh, but if, if you're, you're here at Walk Sharpie Walkie, you could have grabbed one of those uh, communion cups. And in a moment, we're going to take that together. But while we're taking that, uh, we're going to play a music video. And it's a, it's a song that our students from Pewaukee and Waukesha, our student band, came together to record this video. And it's a song called There is a King. And it talks about how really kingdom work is a response to this king. And the song is all about this king Jesus that we have and how, and, and how that's the reason, right? That's our why to kingdom work is because of him, because of the king. That's why we do kingdom work. That's why we want to tell people about Jesus is because he's given us something, right? Like Catherine said, we had this hole in our heart and he filled it. And we want to share that good news. We want to share that hope with others. And so being a kingdom worker is really just a response to the goodness of God and living it out in our own lives. So we're really encouraged by this music video. We hope the lyrics encourage you as you're reflecting on how much God loves you. But before that, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for every person who is here this weekend. God, I believe that no one is in here on accident. God, God, I just pray that whatever it is that we came in here with, God, whatever we got going on before or after this, God, that you would just rush in. God, that you would overwhelm each and every one of us with your joy, with your love, with your peace. God, would you just surround us? May it be evident, God, that you are living inside of us, moving and using us. God, I pray that just like these students, we would all be challenged and convicted that we need to be kingdom workers. God, it's in the fabric of our DNA. When you created us, you created us to point people to you and to share the good news that we've experienced with others. Because God, it's great to celebrate. It's great to worship you. But God, it's not enough because more people need to know. More people need to know this truth. And so God, I pray that we would all be challenged. I pray that we would all be encouraged. I pray that we would all be pushed, that we would all be motivated, that we would be led by your spirit to go and change the world and become kingdom workers. God, would you use us? God, would we all take the posture of availability and would you rush in and guide us with the rest? God, I love you. I'm so grateful for these students. I'm grateful for the next generation that you are raising up and how they are the church of right now. God, I anxiously await the, the, the world that is gonna be changed because of them. May we encourage them. May we be blessed by them. In Jesus' name, amen.